This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Congenital Cardiac Defects with Decreased Pulmonary Blood Flow by Patricia Lincoln. Hello, my name is Trish Lincoln. I'm the clinical nurse specialist in the cardiac ICU at Children's Hospital Boston. This lecture will provide information on the most common congenital heart defects and their surgical repair. I will be discussing the defects with decreased pulmonary blood flow. Introduction and pathophysiology. What will happen with congenital heart defects that cause a decrease in pulmonary blood flow? The decrease in pulmonary blood flow occurs as blood shunts right to left at either the atrial level or ventricular level through a hole in the septum because the blood is unable to leave the heart due to an obstruction or defect in a valve, vessel, or chamber on the right side of the heart. In defects with decreased pulmonary blood flow, there is an obstruction to blood flow on the right side of the heart. The blood must find another exit from the right side of the heart, either through an opening at the atrial level, a patent foramen ovale still present from uterine life, or an atrial septal defect, or an opening at the ventricular level, a ventricular septal defect. Because deoxygenated blood from the right side of the heart is mixing with oxygenated blood returning from the lungs on the left side of the heart, the patient is cyanotic. Children that are cyanotic for a few years have problems related to their cyanosis. These children may develop clubbing of their fingernails. This is related to overgrowth of capillaries in the fingers in an attempt to bring more oxygen to the tips of the fingers. These children may be polycythemic, having hematocrits in the 50 to 70 range. Because of the increased amount of red blood cells in the blood, the amount of circulating clotting factors are decreased, and the clotting factors that are available do not well, work well in a cyanotic environment. This patient is at risk for hemorrhage, especially in the postoperative period. The elevated hematocrit also has the patient at risk for the development of blood clots and infections specifically bacterial endocarditis. The blood vessels in the lungs may become damaged by shearing forces and stress from the extra red blood cells and sluggish cir circulation, causing higher pressure in the lung blood vessels. The biggest risks for the cyanotic patient are hypercyanotic spells. Hypercyanotic spells occur when the body needs more oxygen and there is less oxygen available. A cyanotic baby or child that cries often and is very irritable may be having a hypercyanotic spell. If the patient is stressed and the body needs more oxygen, that may trigger a spell. A spell may also occur spontaneously or with feeding, bathing, or intravenous insertion. During anesthesia induction, a spell may occur as blood shunts right to left through the VSD due to a decrease in systemic vascular resistance. Treatment for hypercyanotic spells include providing supplemental oxygen to the patient. Place the child in a knee chest position, lying the child down and bringing their knees bent up to their chest. 
In doing this, the large muscles of the legs contract and force more blood back to the heart. This increases preload on the right side of the heart and possibly forces blood to the spasming right ventricular outflow tract. That same large muscle contraction increases afterload on the left side of the heart, making it more difficult for blood to shunt right to left in the heart. Morphine may be administered to relax the patient and hopefully relax the right ventricular outflow tract. Volume is administered to increase preload. The patient may require intubation to provide oxygen and ventilation. The hypercyanotic spell may be so severe that the patient will experience cardiac arrest and need emergency heart surgery. The defects associated with decreased pulmonary blood flow that I will be discussing are tetralogy of flow and transposition of the great arteries. Tetralogy of flow. Patients diagnosed with tetralogy of flow are at the greatest risk for a hypercyanotic spell. Tetralogy of flow is a combination of four congenital heart defects a ventricular septal defect, pulmonary stenosis, which is a narrow, narrowing or obstruction involving the pulmonary valve and or the right ventricular outflow tract, an overriding aorta, which occurs because the aortic outflow tract does not have a well-developed pulmonary outflow tract to balance against in utero, and right ventricular hypertrophy, which develops as the right ventricle attempts to pump against an obstructed or narrowed pulmonary valve. Children diagnosed with tetralogy of Fallot will be cyanotic as the deoxygenated blood on the right side of the heart is unable to get through the area of obstruction in the pulmonary outflow tract and flows across the ventricular septal defect to the left side of the heart and out to the body. The greater the amount of obstruction in the pulmonary outflow tract, or the greater the degree of pulmonary stenosis, the more cyanotic the patient will be. The surgical repair for tetralogy of Fallot involves the closure of the ventricular septal defect with decron or pericardium and removal of the muscle bundles from around the pulmonary valve or right ventricular outflow tract. Also, the right ventricular outflow tract or passage out of the right ventricle is opened and widened using a patch. Postoperative concerns after repair of tetralogy of Fallot are a residual ventricular septal defect, which is evaluated by checking right atrial pulmonary artery saturations for an increase in the pulmonary artery saturation, a residual right ventricular outflow tract obstruction, which is evaluated as the pulmonary artery line is removed, an increase in systolic pulmonary artery pressure of 10 millimeters of mercury or greater with pulmonary artery line removal may indicate a residual obstruction or right ventricular dysfunction. Another postoperative concern is right ventricular dysfunction, which would be evidenced by low cardiac output state and congestive heart failure signs and symptoms. The most common arrhythmia experienced after repair of tetralogy of Fallot is junctional ectopic tachycardia. In junctional ectopic tachycardia, the rate is regular with a normal looking QRS. The ventricular rate usually ranges from 170 to the high 200s. However, the atrial rate is slower and it is difficult to see the P waves. Junctional ectopic tachycardia may be triggered by catecholamine release associated with a high heart rate that accompanies fever, pain, or dopamine use. Transposition of the Great Arteries
In transposition of the great arteries, the pulmonary artery arises from the morphologic left ventricle, and the aorta arises from the morphologic right ventricle. This results in two parallel circulations, with mixing occurring at the ductal level across the patent ductus arteriosus and at the atrial or ventricular level through an atrial septal defect or ventricular septal defect. The patient is profoundly cyanotic. Transposition of the great arteries accounts for 10% of all congenital heart disease. There is a 75% male predominance in transposition of the great arteries. Repair of transposition of the great arteries is accomplished with the arterial switch operation. In the arterial switch operation, both great vessels, the aorta and the pulmonary artery, are resected. The coronary arteries, with some extra tissue, are removed from the root of the aorta on the right ventricle. The pulmonary artery is sutured into its correct position on the right ventricle. The aorta is sutured into its correct position on the left ventricle, and the coronary arteries are reattached to the aorta. Postoperative concerns following an arterial switch operation are decreased left ventricular function, as the left ventricle has been pumping against the low-pressure pulmonary system and now must support systemic circulation. Another concern is coronary artery spasm or occlusion. There are many suture lines involved in the reattachment of the great vessels and the reimplantation of the coronary arteries. The suture lines may interfere with the flow through the coronary arteries. Also, there may be swelling along the suture lines, and that may affect flow through the coronary arteries. Also, manipulation of the coronary arteries may cause coronary artery spasm. These arteries are the blood supply for the myocardium, so anything that impedes the flow through these vessels could impact the function of the heart. As the child grows and the coronaries are stretched more, there is a risk of late occlusion of the coronary arteries. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.